okay in last week's session Rabbi Goldman uh, brought to the table a very uh, real life issue of how to um, strike the balance between our own needs and trying to be helpful and giving as much as we can to others. He presented the uh, very important aspect that we really need to be accepting of our own needs and our limitations, but at the same time, uh, in the name of the Chavitz Chaim, uh, defining the, uh, the mitzvah of giving to others as much as one can. And of course, the question then becomes, well, how can I make this calculation? What um, method can I employ? Or what can make things easier? Try to strike the balance, shall we say, uh, as, as best we can. Of course, we're not expecting everything to be perfect. But what can help us to be able to find that right decision in the many situations in life between being able to give to others and um, at the same time as being respectful and properly caring of ourselves. And uh, as I was thinking about it, um, there were a couple of thoughts that came to mind last week, but I think um, before we even start, it's worth um, sort of sharing that um, this fundamental issue is uh, addressed uh, in, by none other than Rabbeinu HaKadosh of Yudha Nasi, according to the Pirish of the Rabbi Baratanura in the very beginning of the second parak of Avos, where he says, uh, what is the proper derech that a person should choose, one that is Tiferes Loiseha, that is glorious for the person who Tiferes Mina Adam, and he receives the respect and the admiration of other people. And he says that in every midah, there is a balance between a person being giving to others, at the same time properly caring for himself. The example that he gives is when it comes to giving money, giving away money, or holding on to it, the person will be very tight with his money, so he will amass a lot for himself, and in that sense, it will be good for him, but uh, he won't gain the admiration and the appreciation of other people. If he'll be totally giving it away, then um, people will have a lot of benefit from that. They'll be very pleased with that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's really going to respect him, so I'm not sure what it means that they're going to glorify him, but certainly I'll be very happy with it, but it won't be good for him. If he becomes impoverished, of course, he won't be able to help people in the best good way. And he says that the midah between these two is the midah of nadivus, which we tra translate generosity. And it's fascinating that it's being applied to include the person's own needs and his own care for himself is included in the Mida of Nadivas, which he says is the middle road, the proper balance between these two extremes. And he says this applies to all Midas. So this concept is already well-established concept, but there's a need to try to find this balance. The question is, what makes it hard to do it? What could help to make it a little bit easier to do it? And I had the thought, and I'm really very eager to hear um, from other people. Um, if anybody wants to sort of participate in the conversation, the best thing is to put your camera on and give me a little sign, so I'll be know when to, when to pause even earlier than I'm planning. But the, the thoughts that I had were, 
the thoughts that I had were that I think all too commonly there are fundamentally incorrect um, thoughts and feelings that are very powerfully ingrained within us and how we look at taking care of ourselves or giving to others. And if we could see how maybe there's a better way to look at things that could help us a lot. I think it's all too often we look at um, caring for ourselves essentially as being selfish. Any care that we might give to ourselves, we're conditioned to think as we're being self-centered. And that's a um, improper kind of amida that we're supposed to be self-sacrificing. On the other hand, that sometimes makes it difficult to be giving to others in the best way because we feel that we're sacrificing ourselves. We may think of it as, you know, a very uh, praiseworthy, heroic attribute to have to be self-sacrificing, but um, it's not so easy to do, it's not so comfortable. Should I, can I really be self-sacrificing? Do I really want to be self-sacrificing? And of course, there can also be the element that um, it, it's hard for us perhaps to say no many times because um, we're afraid of losing the respect or losing the favor of the people that are desiring of our help. And then the reason why we're doing it is not such a uh, enjoyable one, it's just trying to avoid their displeasure. So I thought that uh, it might be a good first step to examine the real true nature of giving to others. What really goes on, is it really an experience of self-sacrifice that really takes place? We may sort of relate to it that way. We may anticipate it to be that way. But if we really look at it carefully, we may discover that, I don't know if all the time, most times, many, many times, it is not that kind of an experience at all. When we are giving to others, we essentially experience it and benefit from it and grow from it in very good ways. And the good starting point, of course, is the piece uh, we find in Sefer Ortsafen entitled Avas Chesed, where it describes how the Jewish neshama has an innate yearning for chesed. Hashem gifted us at Maimed HaSinai with the Torah of life and love of chesed. Besides what we have from, as the Yerusha from Avram Avinu of Klaushal being Goyim Lechasadim, but we were gifted in Maimed HaSinai with an innate love of chesed. Of course, it's not just adequate to um, only respond to what comes naturally, but he says that there is a powerful need and a desire in the neshama of a Jew, in the heart of a Jew, to be giving, and that we, we enjoy that experience in a very powerful way, in its, in its good form. A person will sort of be overtaken by a mindset that I'm hurting myself that could block that experience, but essentially the innate nature of a Jew is to want to be giving, to enjoy giving. He describes it as he wants to do it in the best good way, in the way that even the recipient won't have any discomfort in his receiving the help. That's, maybe he wouldn't even know that he's being helped. To, to do it in the best way possible, that's the inner desire of a Jew. And I think we could find in our own experience ample situations where when we have the opportunity and the uh, and the good seichel to try to be helpful to somebody. And it was somewhat helpful actually that, uh, or even just the attempt that we feel very good about it. So the notion that um, helping others is essentially one of self-sacrifice is really fundamentally mistaken. That does not mean that it does not require effort. That does not mean that it does not require overcoming barriers from the physical aspect of a person, 
time, energy, money. There could be things that, of course, he needs to be giving a little experience as giving, but the ultimate experience of it will be essentially very positive, very gratifying. Of course, the peak end example is what the Rambam describes in the and the Vachas Megillah, that the, the, the greatest simcha is in Misameach, the Aniyim, Yusayimim, Ramanas, the Geirim, because through that a person is Daimel Ashkina. So that's very deep in a person, very powerful in a person. So we know that the essential experience of giving is one that's a person, at least deep down, and sometimes even not so deep down, experiences in a very good way. And I think got like a, a, a sort of framework for it that we could we could uh, use to try to relate to is what the Mesut Sharm says when it comes to a person who has very great chachma or similarly has great wealth or has great strength or power that is given to him for the sake of sharing with others. Mishnah says, if you learned great amount of Torah, do not hold it back for yourself. Teach it, share it, give it. That's, that's the essence of your creation, to be having the opportunity and the, the great merit and the great experience of sharing it with others. So whatever gifts that I have, Hashem has blessed me with, it's, it's designed for that. It's meant for that. It's an it's opportunity for me. It's able to be in that position, to be helping another Jew. So has ample basis to be uplifting and gratifying, especially when it's combined with the fact that I care for the other person. There is an innate feeling of Avas Yisrael, even somebody who may not even know yet, but certainly somebody who I do know, that we have that power to be caring for the person and feeling very good if we're able to be helpful, even attempting to be helpful. And then even in a very practical way, if we examine a lot of experiences, we could see how we are gaining directly, personally, from the effort to help somebody else or to be there for somebody else. Uh, what, what is the, one of the greatest gifts we can give to someone? To be there, to listen, to hear, for them to share their experiences in life. Ben Yena, the Rambam, talk about the... the great benefit of a, a friend to whom you could tell anything and you will not lose any respect, you'll be secure, you'll be able to share anything with them and be confident that they will be, will be protected and it will be, the respect will, be, will remain there. So what a fantastic gift that is, but at the same time, how much do we learn of the complexity of people when they share something of themselves? How much do we learn about how, how complicated a person is, how amazing he is, all the, the life experiences, feelings, thoughts, attitudes. See how, and even especially if that listening is helpful to them. So again, we're seeing, we're seeing the tiger playing out in action. So it's, it's very, very uh, worthwhile. We're not losing out. And um, Certainly when it comes to learning, every person has something to contribute. Every person has it as a new angle. And if I'm learning with somebody who's a little bit younger, there's a lot that I discovered that I don't know yet. <laughs> Things that I didn't even realize were a problem. Oh, all of a sudden I need to understand it to try to explain it. And uh, whoa, do I have a lot of you know uh, homework to do? And that's very good. <laughs> so in any kind of... Uh, or many, many situations of helping other people, we could see directly how we are also the beneficiary in the process. So if we examine it really honestly, we'll discover that it's not an experience of self-sacrifice. Something that, like of course, there could be efforts involved, but it's not essentially one where we are giving up of ourselves. And that could help really change the attitude about the whole experience in a way that we won't need to be looking for heroism. If we think about it essentially as some kind of a heroic act and that the 
accomplishment is supposed to be self-sacrifice, so then I'll probably look to push myself to extreme degrees because that's the whole idea to be self-sacrificing. But if we gain a different kind of understanding that is not meant to be essentially self-sacrifice and martyrdom, it's not meant to be that I'm being giving up myself for the sake of somebody else. It's meant to be a good balance, a good working together, nadivus, generosity, caring. Everyone is cared for. So then I don't need to push to levels that really are not um, smart to do. And it's really, I think, a good idea to try to be aware of where we are sometimes pulled to go overboard and why that winds up not only not good for us, but not good for anybody. You know, the simplest example would be, you know, overworked mothers. As I was um, reminded at the Shabbos table uh, this past Shabbos, when I asked for examples of this, <laughs> because if you're all stressed out and all tense and all over, overwhelmed, overworked, overwhelmed, then of course you're not going to be able to be relating to people in the best good kind of way as you need to be. So of course it's not easy to, <laughs> to provide everything that needs to be provided while at the same time saving some time for yourself to relax, to calm down, to have some kind of a uh, outlet that might be helping for that massive ruach. But as a, as a good goal, you know, to, to not to think that we can be superhuman, to accept our limitations and see where, yes, it'll be better if I sleep a little bit. I'll be better for the other people in my life if I have a decent night's sleep. And we can all find examples of this, but it, it may all come back to this fundamental mindset. If I'm looking at chesed, as trying to be self-sacrificing and heroic. So then, of course, I'm pushed towards things that are really too much and ultimately not good for anybody. And if I can be recognizing it as opportunity to be giving and sharing in a way that everyone is benefiting, everyone is enjoying it. Okay, sometimes one person has this to give. Sometimes another person has that to give. We have that which we have to share with other people. We should look for it. We should, we should appreciate it. We should recognize it. We should give it its proper respect and try to find the ways to give it to others. But then it won't be an experience of sacrifice and it won't need heroism. Sometimes we're looking for heroism as our means of self-esteem. We have to, you know... <laughs> Hold back on that. Yes, Amisha, go ahead. Um, where, where do you think this idea of like you know performing chesed, uh, like it, it's supposed to require some sort of self-sacrifice? It's, it's supposed to almost be like not like painful, but it because you know when I think of like when I think of you know I'm I'm doing something for a friend, and I don't and I'm doing them a favor or I'm helping them out. I don't view it as I'm, as I'm like performing chesed. It's like, all right, this is easy. Like, of course I'm going to do this. Like, right. I, I imagine that that's how, you know, in those rare instances, that's how chesed is supposed to be. <laughs> um, so. Well, was very easy. He loved it. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. Of course, for some people it's easier because you have a good relationship with them. So you're happy to give to them. Right, but so so what is this idea though of like you're really supposed to almost like enslave yourself? Yeah, most 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 nefesh. The, the glory of mysterious nefesh. Where did that come from? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm not sure, and it can apply to many areas. Like uh, Amisha was uh, famous for um, presenting that. Um, Many people taught their children the importance of being Moshe Nefesh for Shemir Shabbos. And uh, the children felt, well, we're not in the Madrega for Moshe Nefesh. So not that it's a simple thing to look at getting a new job every week as a wonderful experience, but that fundamentally 
it's worth whatever we're putting in and we're gaining more than we're, so to speak, giving of ourselves. And that's the uh, best way to do it. I would guess, I would guess that it's really fundamentally coming from the need for something grandiose to give us a feeling of self-worth. If I, if I feel I have to earn my self-worth, and what can I possibly do that will make me worthy of, of respect of others and respect of myself and uh, even respect of Hashem? Oh, if I'll do something that is so grand, that is so extreme, that is heroic, oh, I'll be mamish, like moister nefesh myself. Oh, then I'll be a tzaddik. Then I'll be okay. But if I'm just, you know, going through the day like a good Jew, <laughs> like a good person, trying to make things work in a good, successful way for myself and everybody around me, what's the great chashivas in that? There's no heroism in that. <laughs> so if, if, uh, if I'm in need of uh, something super to give me a, a good sense of my self-worth, then I'm going to look to it. And I will, I will want to relate to it in such a way. But that's all not necessary. <laughs> now the Torah wants. The Torah does not want me to be self-sacrificing. The Mishnah saying, "Befevish, teferis leisel, teferis leimina adam." Now, how much can I give? That's a great question. But at least, if it's not in conflict, if it's not like either I sacrifice myself, or you know, I'll be selfish. If I'm not placed in a state of conflict, then I'm looking for how can we work together in the best way. I want to give. I want to be able to give. It's it's wonderful. Okay, but. but there are limitations. I'm not, I don't have to save the world for Hashem. I don't have to save this person for Hashem. So I'll be able to accept the limitations. But the experience of it will not be one that I'm sort of in conflict and resistance because I don't experience it as self-sacrifice. I experience it as the opportunity to share the gifts that I've been blessed with. <laughs> How wonderful. Can I can I share more? Okay, this is, this is a point where Okay, this is where <laughs> it's getting a little overboard. I don't prepare to do, do some to do some teaching. I'm not going to be able to teach properly. I need to be able to say, okay, this time is not available. If I don't sleep, I'm not going to be able to, to do good work in, in, for anybody, etc. So I'm looking at it more as how can this be the best symmetry, the best balance, the best working together not something that I that I need to be heroic and therefore I don't need to, I'm not in a state of conflict to try to avoid it. So I can make a good assessment and I can maybe discover, oh, there's more opportunity to give. I'm, I'm, I'll be happy to find it. I won't be afraid of it. I won't look at it as uh, self-sacrifice that maybe I should try to do to be a hero or maybe I'm not ready for it. No, it's not sacrifice. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> Everybody will enjoy it. How does that sound? <laughs> okay, any any good suggestions worthwhile? But I'm not even sure if it matters so much. There could also be an element of if I was, you know, taught very much that if I don't share, I'm a bad person. <laughs> if my own personal needs were were powerfully negated. If I don't share with my siblings, then I'm bad. <laughs> so then I'm learning that if I care about myself or my own feelings, then I'm bad. So I have to negate them. And that sets me up for all kinds of bad stuff. Yes, sir, Bruvik. Yeah, really. So it, what if you're giving to the point, I'm saying I always do or don't, but so if a person's giving to a point where, okay, I'm giving now, person feels like they need that time to themselves or whatever. But the receivers still are very needy. So isn't that not Tiferes Lose? Like, how does that work? Why, why should they have to be? It's, it's dependent on if they're happy with what I'm doing for them. I can no. understand. Like, I shouldn't put myself in a place of Aeneas, right? But it also can't be too stingy and hold all the, hold, all the let's say, money for yourself. 
Right. Right. So what if you're giving and giving and then it's getting to the point where you might in terms of either let's say emotionally into onions or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but they're not happy with you. They want more and more and more. Right. So it's very important not to take upon yourself to be responsible for somebody else's happiness. And sometimes what they need is to be able to learn how to manage when everything that they're asking for is not being given to them. Like even young children, right? They could be unhappy sometimes and you could respect their emotions as being valid when they're unhappy that they can't get as much candy as they might want (laughs) or whatever it might be. And nevertheless, not necessarily have to give it and feel like you have to save them from any discomfort in life. But that's not a, it's meaning the fact that it doesn't seem to be Tiferes to the Oseha or the first way, right? In the larger, in the larger scheme of things, it could be. It still is, right. But even, even at that moment, it doesn't necessarily appear that way. And now, I, I should have mentioned that I'm, I'm avoiding the topic of resentment because that's based on a whole other set of psychological factors where, you know, you're, you're afraid to give because you're going to be resentful of the person. No, I'm just talking about my kids. Right. Okay. So where, where, that's, where that's not the case, Baruch Hashem, or if it is, that's the, we're not dealing with that. We're dealing with the practicality. You know, if, if, if you need to go to sleep and your child wants to hear another story, another story, another story, because they got plenty of energy, you might have to say, sorry, darling girl, this is where the story time ends. <laughs> um, I'll share with you a, a personal episode that was uh, quite amazing, where at uh, one time, when I used to sometimes try to uh, catch the Rashivas on the way to Mincha, Shabbos afternoon, you know, in the summertime, when there was, you know, a long Shabbos afternoon, so uh, I would go to the house, and uh, try to walk him to the yeshiva to have a few minutes. So one time he said to me that he can't talk now because someone came over to the house to visit and they took up all the time that he had planned to, tr- to prepare the shmuz. So he has to try to think on the way to yeshiva to prepare the shmuz shalash this time. Now, as, as you come, there's no surprise. Um, you couldn't, no one could tell that this shmuz was any different than any other shmuz. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, Rebbe, come on, you know, <laughs> you need to repair. But I respect that, of course. Then he shared that Chavitz Chaim, when he gave a person the amount of time that he felt he was able to give, would take him by the hands and lead him to the door because his time was for Kal Yisrael and he could not give any person as much as they wanted. But he said, my father couldn't do that. David could not tell somebody, you have to go now. <laughs> so everything depends on that clarity of conviction that this time is really not available to this yachid. Like Lechavitz like Chaim told David sometimes, you should go to David Metzibur when they were Mincha Mayrev. Lechavitz Chaim said, he's staying, he has to finish this Indian that he's writing, he's working. Because Isaac B'Tzarchi Tzibur, he's part from going to Minyan. So he was mocking his time is for the cloud. But very often we don't have that clarity. So we are naturally subject to people's emotions and their needs. And to some degree, that's okay. We're not talking about like, you know, finding a perfect balance. But in a general sense, if I know that this is not for myself versus you, it's not me versus you, what's going to be worthwhile for me, it's going to be good for you and for everybody. So then, uh, then I think that we'll be able to find the right balance easier. Okay, any thoughts on this, uh, on this up, up to this point? Any more questions, comments? Okay. If Okay, if Adam Avinu didn't like feel it, it wouldn't have been an, it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been a problem for him not to be 
running after the Arabs and and having them teaching them about Hashem and washing their feet and giving them tongue. If he didn't really, I mean, he it was only because of his love for the Chesed to do it. That was Mechay of him to do such things. He was on the level of such recognition of a chesed that he would do such a thing and he would love to do it. It's all Hainuhach. If he didn't love it, he wouldn't, it would have been it wasn't on the level. So he wouldn't have done it. We would not be expected to do, to do okay. what Ayn did to get off the hospital bed and run out to the Archim. Right. And even Arva, Hashem was trying to patter him by making it scorching hot. But Amravinu, he wasn't macabre that help. He wanted more to be doing the chesed, to be involved, to be Isaac, but poil in chesed as, as much as possible. So he was done that it is possible already. There may be some slight sakana, but he could be he could be same. He has been talking on that. <laughs> Hashem will be shame your matzah on that. Shame your mitzvah the davarah. Okay. So, I think there is one more. Uh, idea that we could add into this scenario. And that's getting to the uh, the question that the title presents. Because this is all, I would say, essentially finding good balance. That what's, what's good for us is going to be good for other people. What's good for others is going to be good for us. And it's sort of eliminating conflict between myself and others. Trying to see that, no, I also benefit greatly. I can enjoy it greatly. And I don't need to be negating myself and it's not the proper thing. It won't be good for anybody. But there is a mindset that could take it up to another, another kind of realm which is quite amazing. Um, and, you know, we could learn about it, we could marvel at it, but it's also good time to try to see if we could actually touch on it a little bit. That's the idea that the Chovos Lavavos presents that we've mentioned in the past, but I think it has a good application over here in t- terms of um, how we relate to ourselves and other people in the most fundamental way. Because here so far, we're still separate. But I know that my giving to others will be good for me as well. My caring for myself will be good for them as well. But we're still individuals. And the Chavis Salvavas talks about how a person should want in his interactions, even in you know, day-to-day affairs, commerce, agriculture, to want everything good for the other person like I want for myself, try to prevent them from any harm like I would want, that I should be spared from any harm. And then he adds this muscle. says he should give himself a muscle of a group of kind of merchants that are caravan expedition that are traveling in very challenging kind of a situation. Maybe they sort of miscalculated the amount of manpower that they need on this, this expedition. They have a lot of animals, a lot of big packages, very few people mountainous area, very challenging situation. He says, if they'll be divided and each person only try to care for himself and his own possessions, Yilu Rubam, most of them 
or be exhausted. Does that mean they won't survive? I don't know. Maybe they'll be able to make it out alive and just abandon everything that they own, that they brought with them. But they won't be able to make it across the mountain range to sell their wares in China or wherever they're headed. But if they will all agree to one Eitzah, if they'll want that they should be equal, equally helped, if they'll want the benefit of for everyone, if they all want everyone to be successful, that they all should receive the help that they need, they'll work together in the best way then they'll be successful. Then they'll make it through and they'll be able to achieve whatever they were trying to achieve together. So, of course, the question is, what is the Chovos Lovos teaching us with this mashal? Or are we supposed to take from this mashal? What is this adding to our understanding of Yes, of course, we should want for the other person all the good benefit that we want for ourselves. We understand that. Yeah. What is the mushal teaching us to understand about from this extreme kind of situation where it's very challenging? Only way they'll make it is if they all want the benefit of all. So if you never heard this before, you have a chance to try to think about it for a couple of seconds. I'll be very good. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have one. The problem with the muscle, though, for me is that, you know, the average Jew, the average guy, you, you know, you're with in yeshiva. I know this is like not nice to say, but you don't view him as like he's part of my caravan. You view him as like he's a hitchhiker trying to join your caravan that's already bogged down. <laughs> Yeah, yes, I hear that. Yeah, but 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 let's go back. What's happening in that situation? These, you know, in the classic in the classic movie scene, these people didn't necessarily have any connection to each other beforehand. They just wound up in this in this caravan together, which they thought was going to be nice and smooth. And lo and behold. It is, it is borderline life and death. So what really happens in that situation, which of course is unique and extreme, but what happens then? What really happens? How do they accomplish this? I think there's only one explanation. They become a unit. They forge a oneness a psychological entity. This group is going to make it together. We are going to make it. Either we all make it or we don't make it. What are we talking about? That, that individuality that could pull them to just care about myself or grab my stuff and run can be over, overcome, can be superseded by what has to be innate power in a person to unite with the group and forge an identity that we are going to make it together. We will find a plan. We will care one for the other so that we make it together. And it looks like the Chavos Lovos is saying, this is the mindset that we should strive for in the midst of a half to to really expand our identity, not to negate ourself, not to, not to reject our own individuality as if it's non-existent. Of course, we cannot do that. That would not be worthwhile. I have to know, what do I bring to this group? What can I contribute to help make it successful? It's a, sometimes it's a very large group, but it can, be, it can be a smaller group. Yeah, there could be a yeshiva where everybody is unto themselves and they don't really 
creates a oneness. And there can be sometimes very good situations where somehow that real closeness is able to be created. But what we're striving for in the best in the best form of Avas Yisrael is viewing myself as part of this unit. Like the, the, the Sephardim in the beginning of Baalaischa, classroom Makabal the that way, they said, Kulanu Ke'echad Nikayim Kavanosai. We're going to Makayim together. Nasev and Nishma. Like we're Makabal Malchus Shemayim every day. Shema Yisrael Hashem Alokeinu. We're supposed to be living essentially as part of the Kal Yisrael. So then, I'm not looking at my giving to somebody else as me versus I'm giving up for you. It's how can we succeed together? How can we make this work the best together? It's a very big army, you know. College show is a big army. There's, there's cavalry, there's infantry, there's artillery, there's navy, there's the kitchen crew, and a lot of parts. A lot of individuals in every life, in every life situation, in the family, there could be a lot of individuals. But if we can try to somehow gain this mindset, now you'll, you'll, you'll wonder if this is what I truly am, then why don't I feel it? And you almost have to believe that, I don't know how else you can understand this, that this is not natural to us. And that's what makes it all the more valuable if we can strive for such a mindset and gain such a mindset and heart set of viewing myself as part of the cloud. If you could like be Messiah this, you can get some glimpse of what great tzaddikim are, are living with. They're part of the cloud They're an evid to the cloud in the In the section on the Sefer, Meir Eni Yisrael, about the Chavetz Chaim, where Abraham Kamenetsky was asked to contribute, he said he understands that the Chavitz Chaim's primary fundamental driving force in his whole Avoida was Avas Yisrael. He was writing every safer that the Klal Yisrael needs. It means that your whole self is as part of this magnificent unit that's called Klal Yisrael, Am Yisrael. That is comprised of so many unique individuals that each have their contribution to make. Like the Gross says, every person has his own unique chilek and Torah. So he has unique chilek and Torah, unique chilek and avayda, but there's a, there's, there's a oneness of the unit. So can that be employed in life situations? Can I relate to somebody else or to a group of people as we are, we're trying to do this as one? It's, Quite a good goal. But it seems in the Chavos of Abba said that's how he's defining it. We should make this muscle to understand that effort, to actually achieve that effort, to want for my fellow Jew all the good that I want for myself. I can't just be Stam, I want for you. It has to be because we are one. <laughs> we are one. Like if I live my wife's foot hurts us. <laughs> this Jew's pain hurts us. This Jew's poverty hurts us. This Jew's need for Torah hurts us. We have to give to him. We have to help them. We have to help each other. We have to succeed together. Then there's no more conflict. It's not, not just good balance. That's synergy. That's, we are making this happen together. So then it's only a matter of how will it work the best? How can we succeed the best? But my, my friend's success is my success. My well-being is his well-being. We are, we are one fantastic unit. Now we've got to figure out the way for it to make it work. We have a little help from the concept of you know, team sports. You can have, you know, very talented individuals. It's no comparison to the team working together 
like clockwork, like, like art, where each one knows where the other one is supposed to be and what the other one can do and how they, how they make it happen together. So that's a different kind of mindset. That's like taking it beyond, way beyond. There's no sacrifice, cannot be sacrificed. That slacha of the rabbin, of the cloud, of the of this unit, of this this is a holy being. <laughs> Am Yisrael. Yes, yeah, Where, where does Rabbi see that in the Chovas Levavos? It doesn't sound like a little bit. I don't know. It sounds when you, I, I just I just read it quickly. I know Rabbi probably read it a million times. Um, doesn't sound like it's it's almost like not selfish, but it's like we know why we can't do this by myself. I'm going to need his help. He's going to need my help, so we don't all just. You don't all just like you know, wither away. So it's not selfish, but it's a, it's we work as a unit because I know I'm going to need his, that help also. More than just, it's only a mindset of, of uh, what was Rabbi saying, not just teamwork, but right. So if it's just a practicality, if the if the way that it works in that situation is simply through practicality. Then, then it would have no relevance to other life situations that don't need it. They don't have that practicality need. Well, and, the point, the point, maybe the point is that, of course, it has a practicality need. Not, no one person can get through life with a, you know, all by themselves. They need everybody, everybody needs each other. We need so, help from each other. Then, then, then that extreme situation doesn't prove the regular life situation. So what is it adding? Just tell me that in order to be successful in life, it's best to be caring about your coworkers, and your and your customer and your supplier, etc. Because that way work well. You can't prove it from from extreme situation of you know mountainous journey of overburdened travelers. It's not a riot. So I should pretend like this is like that. What do I accomplish by pretending? It's only it's only it's only it's only an illusion. So it has to be there's something there that I could take from. That the way that it works is not stam because it's impractical. It can only become, it can only function if we can really care for each other. If we can really become that I want Shleima Koyal. I want Shleima Koyal. So no, normally, maybe you don't have the need. Now we realize there is, there is this need. But the need can only be fulfilled if there's a real kayak in the person to, to be that, to become that. I want there should be shoving. I want that we should make it together. Only way that we can be dedicated for everyone's atzlacha is if that is who we are. Can't just be a statute calculation. Let's see who got how much help today. <laughs> you have to lose consciousness of yourself. Otherwise, this cannot function. It has to be, oh, this guy needs this, this guy needs that. Let's go. Let's get there. Let's do it. Let's you have to lose the mindset of doing for yourself. It has to become it's for us. That's how I'll be matzliach. I'll be matzliach through our hatzlach. That is that's of a yid. That's lach of everyone is his atzlacha. That is his shlemus. Can we gain, can we achieve such a mindset? We never experienced this. We, we have, have no, have no uh, familiarity with this. That's okay. That's, that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be not natural. It's supposed to be accomplished. It's supposed to be nikne. Okay, what are the elements that'll help us to be kind of this? Oh, that's a good question. We need to do a lot of research to find out what is the cholesterol all about? What, is, what, is the, what does it mean? There's a mitzias of amistral, a nefesh klul of cholesterol, such an achdus of cholesterol, such that we could relate to ourselves as part of this unit that is being matzliach together. Maybe a babba even includes the guy also. 
try to envision that scene, the whole classroom together. Were there times that this was experienced? There are times that this, this was experienced. Unfortunately, it was through very trying circumstances. When, uh, when, uh, you know, the, the uh, three teenagers that were missing, still not knowing you know, what their fate was, who was described like, didn't like passing each other in the streets and like just meeting eyes and the hearts are meeting. Like it was like powerfully experienced by everyone at that time, at least in Eretz Yisrael. The, the, the feeling for them, the concern for them, the davening for them, the hope for them. So, and sometimes even in very good circumstances, there could be occasions of simcha that there's a real, a real oneness being experienced. We had it in our minion a couple of times in Simcha's Torah. It was just like free flowing. It was just all good. I hope it was real. <laughs> I have no indication that. I have no explanation of how it came about. But it was a very good actors together. So there could be times that we feel it a little bit. So, but the Chalazov is teaching us, this is the real, and of course there are many other sources. This is our real true definition, our real true essence, that we, that is not natural. So we shouldn't say, oh, this can't be because I don't feel it. No, it's not meant for us to feel it naturally. We have to work to gain this Korah, this consciousness, this view that, oh, let's do this. Let's be there for each other. As much as we can, but that will be will be good. We'll be experiencing that powerful inner connection. What will be the end result of it? The best good connection between people. And that's another very key element that we have to be aware of in our interaction and giving to other people. That it does create, and it's the opportunity to create a very good connection. If we're really there for somebody, then we are making a connection with the person that is very powerful and very deeply felt. If I was talking about even somebody I don't even know, okay, he's a yid somewhere, he's being helped. It's also a tremendous hanoa sanefesh. But when somebody that I do know, that I'm involved with, that I'm helping, that I'm there for them, so then... It's very good. It's very powerful. It's very good for everybody. So um, I hope this gives us something to try to work on. <laughs> Maybe try to put to use. And you know, uh, all I can wish is the best atzlacha for everybody in uh, all their endeavors. <laughs> Especially this one. <laughs>